I'm Elizabeth. I'm Natalie. And this is Simplicity Beckons Podcast. Listen in as we pursue living intentionally by editing out the things that distract, inhibit, or diminish the very best things in this life. Because we believe in redeeming the beauty of every day and discovering the joy that can be found when you narrow your focus to what really matters. Join the conversation. Because Simplicity Beckons. It's so good. Yeah, it's letting them see that sanctification process being modeled, you know, mm-hmm. like day in and day out. And I think you're right. Like part of that is being willing to be the parent that says, I'm sorry first, you know, and, and mm-hmm. showing them your shortcomings so that they can see that modeled because you're right. They're, they're going to embrace that in their life as well. But is that not kind of a relief though, too? Mm-hmm. to just know that we don't have to do it all exactly perfectly right. Like all we have to do is just chase after Jesus. And if we're doing that with mm-hmm. our whole hearts and it's authentic and it's full of grace, then the, then the rest will take care of itself. And we can just rest in that and not have to worry about the perfection or uh, controlling it to look exactly right. like we, we want it to look. Uh, and praise the Lord that we don't have to be in control of that. Cause I know I would just mess that up. Yeah. And they're going to know what it looks like when we mess it up. Like we don't mm, have to tell point. them. We don't have to own up to it, but they're going to know anyway, because they're smart. They're smart little stinkers. And you know, they know way more. <laughs> they're more in tune with what's going on than I think we would like to think sometimes. So, <laughs> so true. So that brings up a really good point because I, I've been thinking about this as well. So along with this whole concept of letting them be little and like you said, entrusting them to the Lord and entrusting them that he is the one in control and not us. I have seen a shift in parenthood and I don't know if this is a shift just in this day and age or if this is just, I have hit this stage of parenthood that I'm like, you know, being exposed to it. But on the flip side, I'm seeing a lot of parents almost exposing their children to too much right now Mm -hmm. because they're almost thinking, you know, it's like they have this mentality of we have to overexpose. Mm -hmm. And and I don't know why. I, you know, as I'm talking through it, I, I, I honestly don't know why some parents feel the need to overexpose and it's almost like they're almost treating their children like they're adults almost, you know, like drawing them into politics and drawing them into all this, like these matters that children just shouldn't be exposed to, in my opinion, at this stage and age. You know, I've heard like the analogy of when you are dealing with a really hard topic with a child, whether it be like recently I've seen Um, a family walk through, you know, how do you deal with suicide with a child? And, Mm. and it's like this, the analogy is a dad sends their child out to go outside and they have their backpack and he tells them, you know, pick up as many rocks as you can. And they keep filling their backpack with rocks and rocks and rocks. And, and they're just so excited that they're finding all these rocks. And then their backpack gets so heavy and it just pulls down on them that they can't move anymore. And, 
you know, he comes to them and he helps them empty their backpack. And he says, you know, these are just things that are too big for you to handle right now. And this is something that where you are right now, it's just too big for you to handle. So me as a father, me as a parent, I'm going to put that in my backpack and handle it for you because I can carry the load, even though you as a child cannot carry the load. And it's such a balance of knowing, you know, kind of, what is this load that our children can carry? And I feel like we're in this day and age where society is almost pushing our children to grow up too quickly. And it's as parents, we have to help, like you mentioned, you know, instill these boundaries and, and trust the Lord that we can still let them be little without feeling the need mm. to have them carry the load that's too much for them to carry at this time. Mm. And that, and I think that's really hard because I think society right now kind of expects you to almost be too raw and genuine with your children, you know, to involve them in politics and, and to make everything, you know, this like issue that they have to have an opinion about when mm. really they're just five or six, you know, like they really don't have an opinion. They're just vocalizing what they've heard being said in their own personal house mm. and, and I think it can be hard to know how to enable them to be children. And also, you know, how do they handle the instances that they need to handle without having them carry the load, having that be too heavy of a load for them to carry? If that makes sense. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like I'm rambling right now. I think but, it's really great that you're even thinking about that, though. And I think that that's showing that you're cognizant to the fact that it's, it's an issue, you know, and that it's something that you're wanting to like really think through. And I think like, I think conversations like this are good because you can kind of bounce off of each other and share opinions. I think it's particularly important with your spouse, just mm. making sure that you're both on the same page and that um, seeing what they think and, really kind of going into it with an approach of like two heads are better than one. Um, I love the analogy of the backpack. It makes me think of in the book, the hiding place. Um, there's a story in it where very similar where Corey Timboom's dad, she asked when she was a little girl, she asked him some, some question about something. And um, they were like on a train or going on a trip or something. And he's like, well, will you carry this for me? And it was like his briefcase or suitcase. And she was like, no, I can't carry that. It's too heavy. And, you know, he was like, well, he's like, this thing that you asked me about, I think it's a little too heavy for you to carry right now. So I need you to trust me to carry it for you until you're old enough to carry it yourself. So I think it's basically the exact same concept. Yeah. And I think that some kids are, there are kids that are going to be interested in politics and are going to be asking you questions. They're going to be hearing and absorbing things and, um, there's going to be kids that I think are more equipped to handle some of those concepts earlier. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think there are kids that, you know, you, they're going to get paranoid about things and they're going to put way too much thought behind it. And then there's the kids that are literally are thinking about Pop-Tarts. Like they don't, they don't care and you can't make <laughs> yeah. them care. So it's, yes. it's doing them a disservice to make them care about, politics when they're like 
four years old and or six years old or 10 years old and they don't care about it. You know, I think it's just being in the moment enough to know the child and know what they're able to carry and just checking in with them a lot. Cause like you said, once again, <laughs> out in this world, we don't know what they're hearing from their peers. We don't know what they're, you know, absorbing from them. And I think just making sure like we're doing life with them and that we're asking them questions and being like, Hey, what did y'all talk about today at school? Or, um, one thing I like to ask my kids are, is what was the most interesting thing that happened today? Mm. And I will make them answer me. Like they'll be like, Oh, nothing happened. It's just a, nothing really happened. And I'll be like, no, I need you to come up with something. And then I do the same thing. Like I tell them something and Chase and I even do that with each other too. Just cause I think it kind of lends a little window into the other person's world and what's going on with them. But Yeah. I think it's something you got to wrestle with. And I think God probably has better answers, you know, um, than probably anyone else. And I think it's something that we can take to him and kind of lay at his feet and help us navigate because it's constant. It's, it's a totally. Lot. Yeah. I so agree. I also think though, that the more you lean into the hard and the awkward conversations when they're little, the easier it will be when they're older Mm -hmm. because that is just something that mom and dad have always modeled for you and they have always been that open listening ear for you and so getting into the uncomfortable nitty-gritty when they're little is I think such a blessing because once they're older then it's just you know, this is just what we do. This is what our family does. And, and when you do really start to hit those hard, true, you know, uncomfortable situations when Mm -hmm. they're older, it's just normal. Like you've Mm -hmm. already built that foundation and you've built that trust. And, you know, we've always said here in our house that we just want to really be interested in whatever our children are interested in. Yes. Whether that means dance or Legos or games, like you mentioned, like it could be something that's totally not what I am interested in, Mm -hmm. but I want to be interested in it just for the fact that my child is. And I know that that's a way I can love on them and that I can be present in their lives. And I feel like often it is with those um, hobbies or just things in life that they're interested in, that those really hard conversations will just naturally come up because that's almost like their natural element. And that's when they will just get talking, you know, and kind of chat through things. And so we've always said that, you know, whether it's something we actually truly enjoy or not, we're going to be there for our kids in those moments because when they're little and joining soccer team at age three and four, it's easy. And the hope is that you can just continue that mentality. So then when they're 13 and 14 and really truly running into some of those hard conversations, they just know that mom and dad are there for them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's like capitalizing on opportunities like, oh, you have to run to the hardware store. Take one of your Mm. children with you and just have that time together. And it's an opportunity. It's not like an elaborate planned out date type of situation, but it's like, it's intentional time that just y'all have together. And I think just taking opportunities to capitalize on those things. And like you said, having those conversations that maybe it starts out with a whole bunch of Minecraft because it probably will a whole lot of it. Like my son can talk. I took him to target 
a couple of weeks ago to get a present for a birthday party. <sighs> like he, the second he got in the car to the second we got home, it was just, he didn't even take a breath. <laughs> it was so much Minecraft. <laughs> but it meant a lot to him. And I listened and I asked whatever questions I could come up with. You know, I wanted to engage with him and, and let him know that like, I'm interested because you're interested. I like it because I like you, you know, that kind of thing. Oh, it's so good. And just, I love that we've talked about this t- today because I feel like once again, like so many other things you and I have kind of processed through together and kind of just bounced ideas back and forth. It really does come down to that just simplicity and intentionality. Like yeah. it really comes down to those simple things. Like mm-hmm. here we are trying to overcomplicate it as parents and it doesn't have to be that way. Well, we need to be reminded a lot. <laughs> At least oh I my do. Goodness. Like every day. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. just chat every day. <laughs> For real. But yeah, I think it's a great conversation. And I would be really curious to know, you know, here we can have this conversation about it. But like, I know that our listeners like that are listening to it are having internal conversations and they probably have things to add. So if you do, we would absolutely love to hear it and put it out on our plant on our platforms, platforms. And we'll set that, put it out on our platforms to share with, you know, other people and just have it be a conversation that's ongoing because it's necessary and it's important, but um, I think we all need reminders to like strip it back. All right. Well, y'all have a good evening and I'm sorry. Thank you, you too. I'm sorry. You got to pack everything by yourself. It's fine. We'll get there. She finally stopped crying. So that's good. I always feel like such a terrible mom for that, but I feel like there comes a point where it's like, you just got to learn. You just got to learn. And now she's sound asleep. Like she looks so happy. So without being judgmental to a lot of people that have a lot of histories and stories that I don't understand. I think a lot of people like our age have issues with not having ever learned how to self-soothe. So mm-hmm. I don't think it's cruel. I, th- I think it's Well, as, thank you. As <laughs> long as you're I like, feel like it is, I'm like, I'm terrible. But then mm. I'm like, but I know it worked for Graham and like, he doesn't have any issues at least that I know of yet. <laughs> no, it's important. As long as they're not, oh. there's not something wrong. Right. You no, know? right. Like something's not That's dirty or hurting. Oh my or... goodness. Earlier today, she kept doing it. And I was like, what is she doing? It was like during nap and she was asleep out here in the swing. And I finally came to check on yeah. her. She had the biggest blowout I have ever seen Elizabeth. There was mm. poop. Like, oh my gosh, this is like an issue. We got to address this. But And you know what? She let you know. She told you. She did. She did. And sometimes <laughs> they have that little sound in their cry and you're just like, uh, that sounds this serious. This time I didn't know it was sooner. Like I came, it had only been a couple of minutes. I was like, this is different. This feels different. Yeah. It, it was different. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. They, that's the thing. You're intuitive. You know, you'll, you'll figure it out. But yeah. sometimes it's literally just, what happens if I cry? <laughs> like, <laughs> And I think it's different when you nurse them. Yeah. Like I didn't have this with Graham because he was formula and like he just didn't care. But her, she will just cry just because she mm-hmm. just wants me to come in to nurse. And I'm like, no, honey. I know you're not hungry. I know you're not hungry. Yeah. I'm not a human pacifier. Seriously. 
Can't be. <laughs> you mm-hmm. you got to pack a car. You either can take the passy or you got to figure something else out because I'm not going to be that. Well, you guys have a good night. You too. We'll be in touch. <laughs>